0: Hello and welcome to the Lost Lake Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. It is Wednesday, April 6th. And if you can't tell from the sound, I'm coming to you from the milking parlor. So first off, I want to say thank you to whoever gave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That is much appreciated. And if anybody else feels so motivated to, uh, or five-star rating to rate or review on whatever platform you use, Spotify, I think, has that option, as does Apple Podcasts. Uh, i'm not sure about other platforms but they probably do i believe other than making me feel good i believe that helps when uh, helps to helps the algorithm to have help other people to find this podcast uh and potentially expand the audience Um, And in other news, there is, just a little teaser here, there is a new element I am going to be adding to the podcast soon, a musical element, and that is all I will say at this time. So, look forward to that, Uh, and now I will launch into today's topic, which is boundaries, And specifically, boundaries related to sales. So, when you are a new business, it is very tempting to look for every sale, every possible sale you can, because... You're always short on cash and you're not well-known and so you don't want to turn anything down and you want to just go do everything possible to increase your outreach and increase your sales. Uh, And as you grow, um, you learn to focus on those sales avenues that um, are of most value, either because the it's uh, some sort of outlet that fits your values well, and so you want to continue to sell there, or uh, because it is Uh, dependable and lots of lots of revenue coming in from that that source or this can kind of blend into that last that number two but um, sales avenues that are the least amount of effort uh, you know, if it doesn't take a lot of extra effort from your part, even if it's maybe not going to result in a lot of extra extra sales, uh, it can it can be worth it to continue with that kind of that avenue. Um, so, for example, in our first year of cheese sales, we were. Um, Pursuing every, as, as I mentioned, every, every sales dollar we could. And so we were trying to, we were really,
1: we didn't have an online
0: store set up. Um, we just got going um, with cheese sales in September. So we had uh, just over a month of farmer's market sales. And so we ended up really pursuing a lot of wholesale markets. And so when I, when I say wholesale, I mean selling through stores. Um, so selling to somebody who's going to sell it sell it to resell it Um, Some bigger places consider that direct sales when you're selling directly to the store um, and selling through a retailer who is like an intermediary not a retailer a distributor who is an intermediary but that is wholesale Um, and we have not done any uh, any distributor sales Um, I guess we did sell to that Iowa girl, um, who is a distributor, um, but we didn't sell, we didn't use that company as a distributor, rather, um, we sold to them for their sales in their store because they also have a, uh, physical store. In addition to the distribution that they do, um, and um, that selling to getting a yes was actually not that hard from from the deli manager or cheese case manager depending on the store they have different things or the owner if it's a smaller place like there's a roadside vegetable stand between by story city between us and ames that does gets a lot of traffic in the summer months uh i'm not sure when they're open they're open from like may or june through i think through the end of october I think maybe Halloween pumpkins might be their, their kind of last, last hurrah of the season, but they're closed during the winter months for sure. Um, and so I dealt, dealt with the owner there. Um, and so we were selling it in addition to Wheats Field, the co-op in Ames that still carries our tees. We were selling through two grocery stores in Ames, and the grocery store in Jewel, and the grocery store in, one of the grocery stores, the Hy-Vee in uh, Webster City. So, you know, compared to many businesses, that's not a lot of wholesale sales. But um, for just starting out, it was kind of a lot. And um, that, that um, most of those places I had to call and check if they were uh, out of inventory, they wouldn't they wouldn't check and call me and order. Um, or sometimes I would have to go and physically check, or I would, if I didn't, I would sometimes like get a call from somebody who went to try and um, buy cheese there, and they'd say, "Hey, I went to buy cheese at IV and there was I I couldn't find any of yours there." Um, so um, that was a lot of work, and it was generally not a lot of sales, and we were selling it at. of our retail price. Um, So as soon as we were able to cover those, make up for those sales with direct sales, um, as farmer's markets picked up and we were selling to Farm to Folk and and, um, the which is sort of a buying club model. And um, the other one like that, uh, Iowa Food Co-op that's in Des Moines. Um, it still was, I think a couple of years before we opened the online store, but, but you know, uh, farmers market sales were, were kind of a, Slow growth, uh, but seasonal, and so yeah, it was kind of kind of a sort of a slow transition. And then we had we did add some restaurants for a while, and some of those are still occasional customers. Um, but at any rate, we any of the ones that kind of stopped. That weren't asking for our product, that weren't calling and ordering, we 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 didn't. We kind of stopped stopped calling and asking them because it was just too much hassle for too few sales, um, and so that that was. It is partially about boundaries and partially about about priorities and using our, our resource our time resources um, as wisely as we could um, but what what we've kind of struggled with the most is um, especially now that we aren't selling anything in any local grocery stores um, either Jewel or Webster City we get not a ton but I don't know once or twice a month or maybe it's even less than that we get somebody local who wants to buy our teas and um, so they want to know where, where they can buy it locally or if they can come out to the farm and we get people, you know, it's always AIM or even Des Moines who want to come out to the farm and buy cheese. And we have, at first I was, you know, very willing to, I figured, you know, if somebody was excited enough about our products to want to come out to the farm, um, that I should try and sell to that person and they usually were buying would, you know, they wouldn't just buy one piece of cheese if they came all the way out here. Those were usually, you know, bigger, bigger sales, not hundreds of dollars, but maybe a, you know, 40 or $50, um, which uh, cheese, you know, that's, that's more than people usually buy in a single, single time. Um, but, it, it, it again, I enjoyed those interactions, but it took a lot of my time because, you know, partially because I'm a chatty person when I see a live person. I, um, and people get curious and they like to talk to the farmer and cheese maker. Um, You know, I would chat to them for 10, 15, 30 minutes Um, and it would, you know, it would interrupt my daily flow, whatever I was doing. I would have to interrupt and stop and just go meet that person because we don't have a retail location. We don't even have like a fridge that we can say, oh, just go, you know, open the fridge and drop money. And we just don't have a great way to do that. And I haven't honestly haven't checked into it, but I'm pretty sure that legally we're not supposed to do direct sales on site, like that we would have to get some sort of permit to do that. Uh, but I haven't looked into it because it was never a big enough portion of our sales that I really felt like it was something that was going to get us on anybody's radar. But now uh, we've, we've really started to kind of discourage people from coming out to the farm because because of those time constraints and because Renee really doesn't like having people come to the farm if she likes having our privacy and doesn't like having strangers on the farm. And especially the last two years she's been working from home And she's usually, she usually sees somebody come in the driveway before I do. So, um, she's usually the one who ends up having to take time out of her work day to go out and talk to that person. Um, and I, you know, both because she sees them first and she's also the one that kind of knows where, what cheese is because she things have shifted where she is doing all the packaging now, which didn't used to be the case. Um, And, you know, she kind of has a, a cut and package schedule where she, you know, she'll schedule herself for, you know, when she knows we have packages going out for delivery or we have, um, you know, a delivery we need to make to a, a, a restaurant or we have a farmer's market coming up. And if, somebody comes between and you know we might have some leftovers from the previous market or whatever but we might not and I don't usually have a good handle on what's there and yeah so at any rate it's um, it just takes a lot of our time and hassle and it's a kind of a big mental strain but we still get people who um, don't even call ahead who who just kind of show up sometimes. And sometimes we don't see them and they don't see anybody here. And then they'll like on a random Facebook post or something, comment, I went out to buy cheese. I wanted to buy some of your cheese. And I went out there and I didn't see anybody. And, you know, it's really tough to to be like, well, sorry, we don't do on-site sales. And I should get more comfortable with that and come up with a way to do it comfortably and politely. uh, It isn't shutting them down and point them to, I guess there is one local area in in the summer months. There's a winery that's um, west of us kind of in the country, but it's not super close to dual um, that does sell our cheese when they're open and they, but they don't have you know, they're not, like, open all day. They're open, like, certain nights of the week, and sometimes they have events and things like that. But at any rate, um, I'm still trying to get comfortable with setting those boundaries and communicating it to people who really want to support our business and then seem very miffed when we make it difficult for them to do that, which is understandable. But uh, just just working on that because we're always busy and I'm always stressed and I'm trying to get better at setting my own boundaries for myself and being more disciplined with how I spend my time. And um, so I guess that's, those are my thoughts on boundaries related to customer relations for now. Talk next time.